This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. This is the Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, all right. Yes, it's true. I should have uh, should have knocked on wood a couple weeks ago. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, and even a month or so ago, I was bragging how I had consistently broadcasted forty six episodes of the Bonfire podcast. You know, avoiding illness, managing to have vacations scheduled out in such a way that I happen to be back home in order to do a show and then deliver it on time, or do one beforehand and then go on vacation, what have you. But, of course, uh, just about a week or so after I said that, I got sick. And I thought, oh, I, I can still do a show. No, no, I didn't. So the streak is broken. <laughs> the streak has been broken at 46 This is technically episode 47, but it is now not 47 weeks in a row. I screwed it. So, with that being said, thank you for tuning into the Bonfire Podcast once again here at the end of 2016. I mean, when you're listening to this, this is the Christmas Eve episode. Now, believe it or not, I don't have anything Christmassy set up. I think I'll probably do that on the next one. Like I said, I'm basically a week behind. This was... Stuff I wanted to talk about the week before, before I got sick. And right now, in case you can't tell, I'm still a little sick. My voice is not what it normally is. I'm going to try to avoid coughing into the mic if I can help it. It's just not... It's not the usual me. <laughs> and that's fine. Because you're here to listen to this, the topics. You want to hear about these movie recommendations and reviews, book recommendations, interesting articles that I find. And have it kind of churn your own gray matter and make you start thinking about things like that okay it's not called the andrew Herzog show all right it's called bonfire there's a reason for that it's not about me right now i just happen to be the guy kind of leading the show talking about apolitical and still important topics can i stress that enough so right off the top how about star wars rogue one yes absolutely fantastic movie (coughs) there it is I wrote a review for Bonfire, put it up on bonfirethoughts.com. Movie review. I called it Rogue One, but I didn't spell it like the number. I just put W-O-N because Rogue won big at the box office and in my heart. Bonfire rating, five out of five. So far, I think the movie reviews that I have given with this uh, new measurement system that I started using ever since Captain America's Civil War, I believe, they've all been five out of five. So I'm going to look for <laughs> different movies that I can say, well, that was about a four. I'm going to even be looking for ones one day that I can just do a one out of five and say this was a terrible movie. But so far, I, I like to just give you good movie reviews, movies that you should go see. This is one of them in case you haven't done it yet. Let me go over this real quickly. Excellence in a galaxy far, far away. Of course, cheese ball. Four points that I want to make. A simple plot, good performances, great characters, and grittier undertones. 
In other words, Rogue One was better than The Force Awakens. <laughs> and I might get some flack for that, for some people. I'm not a huge Star Wars nerd. There are much bigger ones out there than me. Very, very true. I'm also not totally ignorant. I know some people who have never seen the Star Wars movies. I'm in the middle. I've seen them. I've played some of the games. And that radio is still making noise over there. I'm back in the radio room once again, and I don't know where the mute button is on the main terminal over there to shut up the Blaze Radio Network when I'm trying to talk. A lot of changes around here. So anyway, like I was saying, I'm in the middle. I'm somewhat familiar with characters, the history, and sort of how all these different people over the years have written their own stories and anthologies and expansions and just all these crazy additions to the Star Wars universe. Okay, I'm in the middle. I'm not super knowledgeable, but I'm also not ignorant. I can confidently say Rogue One is better than The Force Awakens. Here's why. First of all, well, I mean, we knew what the plot was and how it was going to end in Rogue One. But nevertheless, we still wanted to see exactly how things went down right before Princess Leia got a hold of the Death Star plans. Anybody who knows anything about Star Wars knows, oh, wait, this is the movie between Episodes 3 and Episodes 4. So, it seems pretty clear what the plot will be and how it's going to end. But we still wanted to see it. It made hundreds of millions of dollars in its opening weekend. So yes, there was interest in seeing something we already knew what the ending would be. It was easy to follow what was happening on screen and enjoy this behind-the-scenes shtick that the movie put off. This was something that you're like, oh, wait, so that's what that meant. Or, hey, I can kind of see a connection there now. Yeah, that's cool, that's cool. And then when it ends, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. That kind of makes me fill in the blanks on episode four a little better. Like, oh, that, that makes sense right there, and that kind of fit over there. I like it. To me, that was a very behind-the-scenes kind of thing, kind of... Little-known facts kind of a movie. Rogue One also explained why it's seemingly too easy to destroy the Death Star in the first place. So when you see episode four, you're like, wow, that was uh, seemed pretty simple. And that was with the jokes in the Family Guy, Star Wars, um, you know, mockings, parodies, excuse me. Family Guy joked, saying like, wow, so all I have to do is shoot a torpedo into that little hole and it'll set off a chain reaction and blow up the whole Death Star? Yep. <laughs> okay, seemed a little too easy. There's a reason for that. Now it makes sense. Okay, I'm happy with that. The Force Awakens, on the other hand, repackaged a New Hopes storyline with new characters, and that was about it. All right. J.J. Abrams had to do what he had to do to kind of reintroduce the world to the Star Wars universe after George Lucas had butchered episodes one, two, and three himself. So to do episode seven, he knew he had to be cautious, and that was the safe bet. And it paid off. So fair enough. But I'm taking it at face value. And what I got out of it. Okay. Here was a plot that was exactly like episode 4, A New Hope. And it just was with some new characters and a couple old ones. Alright. Cool. Was I entertained? Yeah. Sp special effects? Yeah, sure. So I'm excited to see episode 8 whenever it comes out. Because that will actually be some continuation of the characters. The new characters. And maybe we can start seeing some real action. Something really making progress. This was a lot of rehashing, a lot of jokes, a lot of funny. Hee hee, that's funny. All right. Rogue One was not like that. They just jumped right into it. Second point. About um, uh, good performances. I wasn't expecting Donnie Yen, you know, the famous Chinese actor and martial artist, to make a good fit 
in the Star Wars universe, you know, when I first saw him in the trailer months ago. But I was pleasantly surprised. Both he and Mads Mikkelsen, the famous Dane, who starred in Casino Royale, they both performed well, and they complimented the Star Wars universe, I thought, very nicely. The leading woman, Felicity Jones, held her own, I thought, and she got me choked up a couple times. I wasn't bawling. Perhaps I'm someone who is too easily invested in a movie, you know. Now, I went and saw this by myself, unfortunately, because when I was going to go see it on a particular night, I think it was a Thursday, like for the premiere, that's when I started getting sick, and I really just could not make it to the theater. So I didn't get to see it that day. saw it a few days later, and I had to go by myself. And that's not too bad, because then when I'm by myself, I'm not really worried about anybody next to me. I'm just, I'm by myself. I'm just into the movie. And so I I do that at home sometimes. I'll watch a movie by myself. When I do that, I get really invested in these characters, and I start to try to put myself in their shoes. And that's how I can get emotionally attached to whatever the heck the movie's about. So in this case, when Felicity Jones, uh, what's her name? I actually don't know the name of the character. But when she just says, oh, I'm trying to find my my dad. Spoiler alert! (laughs) I'm trying to find my dad. And she's kind of heartbroken that dad left, and she's not really sure why, and she feels abandoned. Okay, fair. And she starts to cry on screen. You're kind of like, oh, I feel I feel for her. That was some real acting. That wasn't forced. I'm bringing this point up because the terrible, terrible cheeseball performances that we saw in episodes one, two, and three, namely Anakin, that's why this was different. I thought, all right, there you go, Felicity. She put some effort into this. Hayden Christensen, not so much. <laughs> all right, dude. Oh, man, you were terrible. You were terrible. Now, to be fair, Daisy Ridley did very well in The Force Awakens. And she got me teary-eyed, too. But I thought Felicity felt more relatable, you know, because we kind of knew more about her. We don't know much about uh, Rey in The Force Awakens. She's still a mysterious character. So I found it kind of, she's a little more distant. I wasn't able to connect with her as much. Number three, just the characters in general. I mean, we saw some hat tips to characters that we'll see again in A New Hope as well as Darth Vader himself. That was awesome. I gotta say, there's a scene at the end of the movie involving Darth, his lightsaber, and a hallway of rebels that impressed me. <laughs> and I was like, yes! Thank you. It's about time we start seeing scenes like that in Star Wars. That's all I'm gonna say about it. And if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. All in all, though, my favorite character was Donnie Yen with his Force-sensitive skills. He's easily defeating dozens of stormtroopers throughout the movie, and he's kind of cool, calm, and collected, making kind of jokes, having a good time. I don't know. He seemed like just a fun character. And interestingly enough, Donnie was hesitant to join the movie at all. You know, when they first came to him with the idea, he's like, well, I'm not really sure. And he's known as Ip Man here in the West, you know, because he's a Chinese actor, and he did very well in those movies. Uh, Those were foreign films, you know, kung fu movies, good stuff. Highly recommended, for sure. Now, finally, the grittiness of it all. This is kind of related to that Darth Vader scene. All previous Star Wars movies were definitely intended for younger audiences, and so they were conservative in their depictions of death and evil. For instance, when Anakin killed every every Jedi in the temple on Coruscant in Episode 3, we never saw it. Only the aftermath. You'd see some bodies with no blood or anything, just kind of lying there, and you're like, oh, I'm assuming that little Jedi there is dead. Okay. Here, in Rogue One, we saw plenty of death and destruction on both sides, and it wasn't subtle. I'm a fan of that. War is disturbing. It ain't glorious. So including some difficult scenes to spice up the variety was, I think, a solid move on their part. To see all the stormtroopers dying, but also in interesting ways, and then seeing your heroes as well suffer. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not a masochist here, but... 
it does bring the grittiness to it that Star Wars has not seen yet, in my opinion, on the big screen. So I like that freshness. As I've said before, The Force Awakens, it tried too hard to be funny, and that made me cringe. Rogue One had humor, but it was witty and natural, not forced, pun intended, like in Episode 7. So naturally, the music was spot on, and I was entertained. That was $10 well spent. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Five out of five from the bonfire. Highly recommend it. In case you haven't seen it, go check it out. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. And just be like, you you know the ending. I've explained this before in terms of Avatar and other movies. You may know the ending. You may have kind of seen the plot before and been like, well, I've seen this before. All right, well, if the characters are different, it's a different setting, there can still be a case to be made, just like Force Awakens, like I've said just now. It's like A New Hope repackaged but with new characters. All right, well, I was still entertained. It's not the best movie in the history of forever. But although it had some of the same plot lines, exact same plot lines from episode four, I still enjoyed episode seven on its own grounds. It was different enough to be enjoyable. Rogue One, I think, did very well. Bonfire recommended. Go check it out. This is The Bonfire on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645.